It's that time of year where we're all a little antsy for the weather to be right for field work. Even our ethanol producers are thinking about the weather and what it means for the corn crop. Neil Kemet is the president of Ace Ethanol in Stanley and Fox River Valley Ethanol in Oshkosh. He's optimistic about corn availability and what's in storage leading up to the new crop here locally. If we look overseas, he's optimistic about export markets. Japan has committed to buying up to 100% U.S. ethanol. He tells me what this means for Wisconsin. You know, Japan is a smaller, but, you know, all markets are important. Generating those export markets are, are great for U.S. ethanol demand in general. So the fact that Japan is going to allow up to 100% ethanol is a recognition that U.S. ethanol is a low-carbon fuel. They updated their standards in Japan, and they took another look at where ethanol should be scored in the grand scheme of things regarding pollution, carbon reduction, and environmental impact. And, you know, when they re-looked at the data, uh, they'd kind of unfairly treated ethanol in the past, and they, they gave us a much more fair scoring, which then opened the doors to, to allow us to export more ethanol to Japan. So, you know, getting a, a, an important country like Japan, even though the demand isn't huge, but getting them to recognize that ethanol is part of the solution to improving air quality, you know, is a big step towards maybe adoption to other Asian countries. Does the United States have the ethanol capacity to be sending to new export markets? Yes, we do. Um, you know, the U.S. demand typically is around um, 14 billion gallons a year, and production is closer to 16 uh, billion gallons. So we do export a lot to Canada. Um, we're looking to export to other Asian countries like India. You know, they just increased their percentage of ethanol that's allowed to blend and what their blending targets are. So India will continue to be an important country for us to export to. So, yeah, we, we certainly make enough U.S. Uh, ethanol to cover U.S. consumption, but we typically have plenty left over for exports, too. Yeah. How about on the byproduct side of things, like our dried distillers grains for feed, our corn food oil, even carbon dioxide? So the, 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 the distiller's corn oil we make, the, well, the vast majority goes into renewable diesel and biodiesel. So we do have another renewable product that we do make from that corn kernel. Distiller's grain is obviously an important revenue source for us as well. So, you know, being able to successfully sell that is important to the profitability of the plant. We do have great both U.S. and export markets for distiller's grain. And then more and more you're hearing about carbon dioxide. There's a lot of talk about uh, pipelines being built and pumping carbon dioxide into the ground to lower someone's carbon score. But in the state of Wisconsin, CO2 is a very important product for many manufacturers, such as cheese manufacturers, uh, cheese whey manufacturing, paper mills, um, the meat processing industry. The brewing industry uses a lot of carbon dioxide. So well, a lot of people are looking to take their CO2 and pump it into the ground, for us, CO2 is a valuable product and very important to manufacturing jobs in Wisconsin. Neil, when it comes to moving all these products around, how has the supply chain, I mean, has it improved? Are, are there still some challenges into getting things where they need to go? 
There's definitely some challenges uh, that, that still await out there, and I think that there's going to be challenges for the foreseeable future. I think uh, you could argue that we were a little bit spoiled pre-COVID, you know, for the last five, ten years leading up to COVID, that everybody could survive on a just-in-time supply chain. But uh, the world seems to have changed quite a bit since then, and it can be a challenge uh, getting both raw materials and getting uh, products to market from time to time. So now more than ever, we're reliant on trucks and the railroad to make those deliveries, and everybody seems to have labor issues. Everybody's having supply issues with getting the right parts and equipment and stuff in. So it's just a little bit different paradigm that we're living in now. Now tell me what's happening at the home plants, one in uh, northwest Wisconsin, uh, Stanley, Wisconsin, and then the other in the Fox Valley. What's happening at the plants today? We're operating. We're operating at full rate. Uh, First quarter is usually pretty tough in the ethanol industry, and this year was no exception, but we made it through the first quarter in really good shape. And both plants are running all out, and uh, we're looking at right now a very successful Q2 coming up. Um, Thankfully, we had plenty of corn in our area, so it looks like we'll have enough corn to have a successful campaign uh, through this year. So very optimistic for where we're positioned uh, going into the summer here. So if corn availability is looking good, I assume then you're happy with the amount of corn that's in storage leading up to the next crop. Yeah, there's a lot of grain in storage. Now, there, there was a real short crop out west, particularly Kansas and Nebraska, and the basis levels are extremely high there. There's a massive shift in corn from the eastern corn belt to the western corn belt, which is not typical. So you're seeing pretty high basis levels right now, especially in Kansas. Most of Nebraska and western Iowa are seeing some pretty high basis levels, and you are seeing some corn Lots of corn actually getting pulled out in that direction because of their short crop. But in the area here, we're, we were lucky that we did have an abundant harvest. There's still plenty of corn around. Basis levels are going to probably remain firm through this year as, as the West continues to try to pull eastern corn to the West. But we, we do have a home court advantage in that it's our backyard. So, you know, we plan on taking advantage of that. Neil Kemet along with us, the president of Ace Ethanol and Fox River Valley Ethanol. Now, Neil, where most people come into contact with ethanol is at the gas pump. And thanks to some special circumstances, E15 has been available for us year-round for a few years. E15 means it's regular gasoline with 15% ethanol blended in. And it is a cheaper fuel, but it's not allowed to be sold year-round. So, Neil, what are you hearing about E15 availability for this summer? Well, see, Trump initially gave us E15 about two years ago. Maybe it was three years ago. So we had E15 through a summer or two. And then the mechanism he used to provide E15 year-round was legally defeated. But then we got E15 last year through an emergency waiver from the Biden administration because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And, uh, I mean, if you looked at what gasoline prices were last year, the, the waiver was justifiable. We're still looking for a legislative fix for E15. Obviously, we've had it nationwide for the last three years, four years, and you know there was no negative impacts from E15, clearly. So it's, it's just a matter of, of getting the right legislation passed to allow E15 year-round. Now, the, there are eight states in the Midwest who, did, who asked for a waiver from the EPA, which was actually supposed to be granted three months ago. 
um, and the EPA has drugged their feet on that. So we're a little concerned that for the first time in four years, we won't be able to, you know, nothing's changed other than we won't be able to provide E15 because of legislative foolishness, if you will. But, you know, we're still hopeful that we might get an emergency waiver from the Biden administration to allow E15 until such a time that they can pass the legislative fix. Why is that going to be so important for ethanol to be able to sell E15 year-round? Well, it, it allows for continuity at the gas station because they don't want to have to switch a pump. You go to a, a quick trip, for example, and they've got four hoses there, and E15 is one of the choices. And then, then what they'll do is they'll switch the late. It's still available, but then in the summer they'll say four flex fuel vehicles or something like that. Same fuel that you burned last year, basically, in the same type of pump at the same store, but now you're not supposed to use it for reasons that really don't make any sense. So, you know, just continuity of markets, certainty with the customers. Uh, it's, it's a great fuel. It's the billions of miles have been driven on it. It's a great value. It's higher octane. And, you know, when I, when I buy it, it's usually between 5 and 20 cents cheaper than just your normal 87. So you save money at the pump at the same time. You know, speaking of prices, as we get into summer travel, road trip season, where are gas prices projected to go? in the coming months that you've heard in your circle? See, that's a, that's a great question because if you look at the prices at the pump, they're $3 today. If you look at gasoline, the gasoline futures market, it's inverted, meaning gasoline today is more expensive than, you know, just from, from buying the futures than gasoline, you know, three, four months from now. You know, that's not normal. Obviously, I have no clue where gasoline prices are going to go. But what's normal is for gasoline prices to get more expensive through the summer as demand goes up. Um, backwardation or an inverted markets aren't, aren't normal for us. So if we're already at $3, and if you look at gasoline uh, demand charts, and if you look at current inventories and production, we're really on the low side of where, you know, if you look at the five-year averages, we're below where we normally would be on five-year averages as far as the amount of gasoline in, in inventory. So that's concerning that robust driving demand this summer could, could definitely increase prices. And yet another reason to want E15 in the summer because then you can blend more ethanol gallons into that gasoline, extend the number of gasoline gallons available, and help keep the price down. Neil Kemet giving us a look at what's happening at his Fox River Valley ethanol plant in Oshkosh and the Ace ethanol plant in Stanley, and also advocating for year-round sales of E15. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.